Young Coffee Roasters open in Pioneer Square and South Lake Union for takeout and soon indoor seating. Order coffee and more at elmcoffeeroasters.com. If you're looking for a place to live in the fall with student-friendly amenities, spectacular views, and it's walking distance to campus, check out the M Seattle. They're the only living student high-rise near UW and spaces are filling up fast. Visit themseattle.com for more info and simply click apply online to start your process. Torrance, and you're listening to Dig Deeper, a deep dive into the psychological explanations of social experiences, everyday struggles, and philosophical perspectives. For our last episode of the quarter, we'll be talking about stress, its effects on the body, and ways of coping with it. So stress is the psychological and physiological response to an event that threatens or challenges a person. So stress is a good example of the way that your mind and body interacts because your mind basically tells your body what to do. So when you're stressed, it's entirely your brain that's causing the stress, but you'll still experience physical symptoms. Stress is most common um, in the form of microstressors, which are basically daily hassles and minor annoyances um, that aren't life-threatening but are pretty annoying so like this can be seen in traffic or um computer your computer crashing and you getting annoyed um so they don't necessarily pose a threat to your health health um but sometimes when you have a bunch of micro stressors it can lead to bigger problems um especially in highly anxious people and if so many micro stressors leads to a state of constant stress, then it can become chronic and even um, debilitating in some cases. So chronic stress is a stressor that's prolonged and leaves you in a constant state of stress. So that would be like a prolonged divorce or chronic and, and physical or emotional abuse. So at first you're just shocked by an event and then as the stressor continues to be present in your life, it turns into like a constant anxiety, which we would call chronic stress there is actually a physical response to prolonged stress. So the body responds to stress the same way it responds to sickness or um, pain or emotional troubles. So basically, stress occurs in three stages. So this first stage is alarm, where your body, or to be more specific, your sympathetic system, responds to the stressor in a way that the flight or fight response is activated. Um, So this causes symptoms like headaches and upset stomachs, sore muscles, and things like that. Uh, And then after that, uh, the second step would be resistance. So your body begins to cope with the stressor and you don't have those physical symptoms anymore. And then after a long time of that, you get to the exhaustion stage, which kind of happens when persistent stress drains the body of all of its energy so the body is fighting so hard to not be stressed it develops an illness almost and this is called um, psychosomatic illness which is basically a real illness brought on by stress so talking about all of the negative side effects of stress kind of begs the question in today's world where I think our lives are a lot easier than maybe they were hundreds of years ago 
is stress still beneficial, at least to the extent that we're experiencing it? And is it something that evolutionarily is going to keep evolving as stressors diminish or change? What do you think? I definitely think so. This, I don't know, stress is important to get things done. You know, like sometimes stress is that like little motivation to finish a project or to like clean your room or something like it stress allows you to do productive things that you might not want to do but I think that like as a society we're a very stressed out population Mm -hmm. and I think that that is not necessarily a good thing because of all the bad side effects that come on when you're chronically stressed right or like In talking about, like, the fight-or-flight-or-freeze response, if you think about, like, I think the best example that comes to mind for me would be, like, in performing, and you're performing, and you start to sweat, and you start to kind of, like, freeze up. I don't know, like, I can't really imagine a situation where that would be biologically or evolutionarily beneficial to just, like, freeze and not respond to a stressor, and then specifically in this example, there's no positive to responding to a stressor in that way so like why like why is it that we do that I guess yeah I don't know for sure so I might be just you know oh yeah I feel like this is all commentary (laughs) (laughs) so let me preface that I'm not sure if this is true or not (laughs) but I feel like the best hypothesis I can give to that is like when you freeze you are preventing yourself from like getting embarrassed and evolutionarily speaking (laughs) being embarrassed is bad because like if you're embarrassed you get like kicked out of your group hmm. and then therefore you're on your own and therefore you're way more likely to die you know so maybe like absolutely ingrained into our bones like that freeze response is uh, being like don't embarrass yourself like don't like make people hate you don't like do anything like that stopping yourself from doing something stupid yeah so you don't like get kicked out yeah it's interesting to think about how our biology is so interconnected with like being social and with having a community or like how much yeah having a group or being in a society is like evolutionarily beneficial yeah and even like taking that back to stress it's stressful to be socially anxious and it's stressful to like present yourself in front of people and have I don't know. It's just like it's sometimes stressful to socialize, especially in the time we're in right now, like the pandemic. People have lost a lot of their social skills. And like, I feel Mm. like as the world will start opening up, one big stressor will be like human interaction. Mm. Yeah. Okay. totally tangential, but (laughs) which maybe we're already being totally tangential. But. I just, the first thing that came to mind when I said, like, when you were talking about social anxiety is just, like, alcohol and how drinking makes you more, like, socially extroverted, I guess, or, like, less socially anxious. And is that just, like, a side effect of your brain slowing down? Yeah, and maybe (laughs) just, like, not caring as much. Like, your brain doesn't process the stress of interacting, you know, because, like... Mm. Oh, okay. like alcohol is like, oh, everything is fine. Like everything's fun. Like you're not stressed out. You're allowed to loosen up, loosen up. Yeah. Which could also be like dangerous. Mm-hmm. Don't get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Drugs are so bad. <laughs> Stay stressed. <laughs>
Before we continue, here's another message from our sponsors. Open since 2015, Elm Coffee Roasters is devoted to high-quality coffee that's easy to brew at home and a joy to drink. At our roastery and cafe in Pioneer Square, Seattle, Elm obsessively roasts small batches of coffee that they source with a focus on sustainable practices that lift up the whole supply chain and protect the future of the coffee plant. Elm's goal is to make a truly exceptional cup of coffee and an experience you look forward to every day. Cafes in Pioneer Square and South Lake Union open now for takeout and soon dine-in services. Please use the code PODCAST at elmcoffeeroasters.com for 15% off your next coffee order. So one of the most important elements to stress is trying to navigate how to cope with stress. Because stress is inevitable, there are certain strategies that can help manage stress. So as far as physical strategies go, I think one of the biggest ones is just like exercise. So studies show that people who exercise show less physiological arousal to stressors. Uh, They have less anxiety, less depression and irritability. And then also it just provides a distraction from your stressful thoughts and increases your release of serotonin. Also, another researched way of coping with stress is like massages, um, (laughs) which provide contact comfort and relax your tense muscles. Also, massages decrease stress, um, depression, pain, and they stimulate a release of endorphins. And then I think the most obvious is just relaxing and clearing your mind of intrusive thoughts, doing like a body scan, which would mean tensing and then relaxing your muscles from head to toe and focusing on your breathing which decreases your blood pressure and your stress hormones and it kind of brings you to the present moment and then eases your feelings of anger anxiety and pain and then also increases your immune function there are also ways to help um this emotional side of stress which is called emotion focused coping this is where you concentrate on the emotion that the problem caused Um, So you talk about the event in order to come to terms with it. And because of our society, this way of coping is really discouraged for men, but they need to do it just as much as um, women do. Uh, Women are just more, it's more acceptable for them to talk about their emotions and Mm. kind of figure it out with people. There's also something called problem-focused coping, which allows you to take control of the situation. To do this, you identify the problem, you gather information about it, and you break down the problem into manageable steps. This helps you stop from freezing with overwhelmed feelings and um, not making a decision. So you can kind of like work through it as a checklist one step at a time. Um, This increases self-efficiency and internal control um it decreases anger and anxiety and all the physical symptoms that comes with stress and then also there are cognitive strategies of dealing with stress that are more geared towards problems that are out of your control which would basically mean like choosing to think about a problem differently so Obviously, one of the things that you can't control is the way that other people are acting. So if someone is mean to you or hurting your feelings, uh, using a cognitive strategy would be like thinking about why they're doing it and that they're probably going through a hard time and not taking things personally um, or regretting things that you can't change. And in this way, changing your thinking is not a way to suppress your emotion, but just 
change the emotional response to the stressor. Yeah, another um, cognitive strategy is to make social comparisons. And this one I find really funny because it basically is telling you to compare yourself to others (laughs) because when you do that, people who are less fortunate than you make you feel better and you can identify that like they're doing worse so it makes you look better and it also makes you like look at people who are doing better than you to make you feel motivated to get to that point Mm, I think also in terms of that at least comparing yourself to people who are less fortunate than you kind of gives you a sense of perspective over your problems Mm -hmm. and then maybe in the same way looking at people who are doing better than you at whatever kind of gives you the sense that like this too shall pass or like your problems are not necessarily significant or like forever exactly that's just funny i feel like a lot of times like you're discouraged from comparing yourself to others but i guess yeah. in terms of stress it it makes sense that, that is a weird have, like, way of working too a, a driving factor of like a lot of your ideas yeah and then also sense of humor very important in dealing with stress um so people who see humor in life's problems are less prone to depression anger and uh, physical tension and also they have increased immune function so i think within this having a sense of humor is kind of taking control of your feelings and i think also it's the same like perspective in a way if you're looking at things with humor you're kind of seeing the bigger picture and I don't know, like, life is funny, I guess, and making light of it. Yeah. It ties into, like, the research of optimism versus pessimism Mm. and, like, how optimists experience less stress and therefore they, like, live healthier lives and have better immune functions just by expecting good outcomes. And they can, like, make and implement a plan to, like, deal with this stressor because they have a more outward way of looking at it Mm. and because most optimists want to stay optimists they refrain from activities until the stress is reduced so it gives them a happier existence i guess yeah and then on the flip side (laughs) there's pessimism where when you're a pessimist you really focus on stressful feelings and therefore your experience of stress increases and you are more likely to get ill from it and you have a slower recovery when you do get ill because pessimists try to ignore the problem they often uh, give up on reaching those goals that are blocked by stress and they engage in emotion releasing activities and not actually working on the problem that needs to be fixed i don't know i think that's just kind of a little interesting take on people who are optimists versus pessimists yeah and I think also I don't know maybe kind of going back to strategies like there are so many ways I don't know that you have agency over your brain and your thought patterns and it does have a big impact on your mind you know or on your body I guess yeah and also going back to more strategies to dealing with stress there is also a social component and if you are actively seeking social support others can really offer you advice or they can help you evaluate your problems and like uh, form a plan of action and offer you resources so this kind of allows you to one talk through your stress and two kind of put your stress out in the atmosphere so it's not all in your head Mm. and again because this decreases your stress levels it also lowers your risk of getting psychosomatic illness yeah 
yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and then beyond that, even helping other people <laughs> decreases stress because it stimulates optimism and it shifts your attention away from your own problems and allows people to gain perspective on problems. So it's really interesting the way that having a community and working with other people is like a huge part in decreasing stress. Yeah. To kind of go away from coping with stress, I think it's also important when talking about stress to acknowledge post-traumatic stress disorder, which is probably one of the worst disorders you can get from an impact of a stressor. So um, for those who don't know, post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD is a prolonged severe reaction to a traumatic event or chronic intense stress. So this happens, unfortunately, in really extreme cases like prisoners of war or sexual assault victims. And some symptoms of PTSD includes flashbacks, nightmares, sleep problems, intrusive memories, debilitating anxiety, and some even experience uh, survivor's guilt. As for who is most likely most vulnerable to PTSD are young people and women. And um, those who have PTSD are more vulnerable to depression and substance abuse, often to cope with those really intrusive and bad feelings. Mm. I think that really um, brings it back to the point that like your mind totally affects your body. And I feel like we assume that our body is out of our control in a way because we don't have complete control over like when we start stressing or when we start sweating or getting a headache or something like that. Those intrusive thoughts. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know, and maybe we don't even have direct control over our thoughts, but we do have control over what we do with them. And even with these physical symptoms, we do have control in a more distant way because the way we perceive the world influences our thinking and our emotions, which then has an actual effect on your body. It seems like a lot of the times in discussions of stress, the connection between the mind and the body is ignored in a way because it's like, to deal with these thoughts, you, I don't know, you process your emotions in this way, or to deal with these physical reactions, you do these physical things, you know, like getting a massage or exercising, but really all of these aspects are so interconnected. Exactly. And yeah, I feel like just to summarize uh, what we've been talking about, everyone will experience stress. And sometimes stress gets out of hand and we feel so overwhelmed and disconnected to being productive. But also there are ways to help your stress. And I think the most important thing is just to give yourself grace and allow yourself to feel stress, but also identify that that stress can go away. And it's actually really helpful most of the time. Yes, that's a good point. So to kind of wrap it up, thank you for listening to our podcast this year. Hopefully we'll, we'll be back again next year with some fun new <laughs> updates and... Yeah, thank you guys. This has been so much fun. I'm Ellie Torrance. And I'm Molly Anders. And that was Dig Deeper. Thank you.